Hi, and welcome to the Hingham Cast. I'm your host, Allie Donnelly. This episode is brought to you by Framebridge. The Hingham Cast is hyper-local, looking at the world through the lens of one small town, my town, here on Boston South Shore. Our mission is conversation, connection, community. Let's start here. Let's start now. Today's conversation is about love and loss, the journey, the joy, and the music. Of course, this conversation has to have music. If I tell you that we're fine, would you know we're light? Would you know that you're not really all in my mind? Something happens in the way that I talk to you, but nothing ever happens. hearing is a song called Sweet. It's by the teenage rock band Toast, out of maybe not the most grungy or gritty place you'd think of for a rock band. It's the South Shore Conservatory. Now, Toast was formed to honor the life and legacy of Dave Jodka. So I want to welcome three people into this conversation. Dave's wife, Kathleen, Eric Calderon, the band's coach, and Darcy Milligan, student rocker. Hi, guys. Hey, Allie. Thanks so much for having us. Hey, great to be here. Hi, thank you for having me. Awesome. Okay, so you're all here because of a music festival, which of course is so much more than a music festival, called Mad Love. The Outdoor Festival is this Sunday, October 10th, at the South Shore Conservatory in Hingham. And Mad Love has local musicians, food, drinks, lots of family-friendly activities. And the money raised goes to support the Dave Judka Scholarship for Future Rockers at the Conservatory, which we'll get into in a second. But Kathleen, I want to start by asking you, if people can only walk away from this conversation knowing whatever you say next about Dave, what would you hope that to be? I would hope that people would know just the type of person Dave was and the type of energy and love that he brought to this world. Dave was a hard worker in everything he did and loved meeting people along the way and trying new and different things. And through his all of his different life travels and jobs and adventures, music was always at the core. Hmm. So Dave was in his early 40s. You guys were just kind of beginning in so many ways your life with four young kids, living in Situate, there's lots of laughter, Dave's playing in bands. And then a truck comes barreling through everything you are. What was that to hear the word cancer? Yeah, it rocked our world, totally rocked our world. Although the initial diagnosis was really positive and the prognosis was was that he should be able to heal completely and, and we would move on. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case and it was aggressive and um, happened quickly and and like I said, completely rocked our world. Yeah, yeah. He had sinus cancer and was diagnosed in October of 2013. He died just about a year later. Yes. Cancer is an ugly thing on every level. And to see him fight through that and having your kids have to endure that. But you and your family dug in and created something beautiful just a year later. What was that? What was that? Was there an urgency for you? Well, you know, Dave and I talked a lot during that year um, from the time he was diagnosed until the time he passed away. And 
our babies were babies. Uh, Matthew at the time was three and or two at diagnosis, three when Dave passed away. Um, Connor was three and a half and then four and a half. And Andrew was five and then six. And Claire was seven and then eight in between hmm. um, diagnosis and and his death. And so as you can imagine, those are, I mean, any any age, right? Um are tricky ages, but Dave and I spent a lot of time, just the two of us talking about how we wanted to um, kind of present this situation to our children and to our community. And he Mm -hmm. and I decided early on that um, it was incredibly important to the two of us that cancer not define our family. Um, And -hmm. certainly it was a huge part of what was happening at the time and what, and what continues to be a part of our life. It's a huge, huge part of our story. But we continue to say that it doesn't define who we are. But yet during that time, our community completely rallied for us during that really difficult year. Mm-hmm. And when Dave did pass away, people were were heartbroken and kind of unsure where to pick up the pieces. Yeah. We'll hear what Kathleen and Dave really did to help people pick up the pieces in just a minute. But I want to take a quick break to thank our new sponsor, Framebridge. I'm excited about them because I am so done with paying ridiculously high prices for framing. They just opened a store at Derby Street Shops, and it's great. I wanted to try out the service, so I went in with some prints. Their manager, Russell, and designers, Luke and Lori, just made it such a fun experience. They asked about my space, my style. Did I want to be conservative, get a little funky? They showed me different options and recreated the looks on their iPad so I could see exactly what it was going to look like and exactly how much it was going to cost. Framebridge starts at $39, and that's all in. The mat, the glass, the frame, everything, and it looks terrific. Plus, right now, HinghamCast listeners can get 15% off their first order with the code HINGHAM. The whole process took minutes, but if you're like me, you'll get completely sucked in once you see the inspiration on their walls. People framing albums, artwork, baby clothes, jerseys. I started thinking of all the things I could do for the holidays for less than I have ever paid for framing. Oh, and shipping? It's free. Oh, yeah. So get started today. Frame photos or send someone the perfect gift and use promo code HINGEM to save an additional 15% off your first order. Just go to Derby Street or do it all online at framebridge.com, promo code HINGEM. That's framebridge.com, promo code HANGUP. Okay, let's get back to our conversation with Kathleen and how something she and Dave made helped people mourn him and rock out with him in unexpected and beautiful ways. Right after Dave passed away, the I had made a CD that we handed out at Dave's Celebration of Life hmm. um, that was called Rock and Roll Will Save Your Soul. And it was all of Dave's <laughs> or his top 10 favorite hair metal rock songs. <laughs> and so we handed that out as people left the church. And in the next few weeks, kind of the craziest thing started to happen where Claire and Andrew would come home from elementary school and we'd be having dinner and Claire would say, hey, I think I walked by your classroom and I heard uh, Jenny Jenny or 8675309. Andrew would answer back, oh yeah, Miss um, Steele played that during math today. And Claire would be like, that's cool. <laughs> and then I would go to the preschool to pick the kids up or drop them off. And there'd be minivans pulling in and the windows would be down and rat would be blasting out of these minivans. And <laughs> these kids are learning all the words to these like super cool rock songs. 
you know, I had always known the importance of music to Dave and our family and the power of music to community in the world. But I think to have experienced it in that way firsthand, it was unfolding in front of me that people were hanging on to this one CD as they began to pick up the pieces and began to figure out how to move forward with their kids and with themselves and, and to kind of try to make sense of something that didn't feel like it made sense at all. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, you know, just chatting with friends and, you know, I really wanted to do something number one to celebrate Dave and, and honor him, but I'll sit to thank our community for being there for us and and continuing to be there for the kids and I. Mm -hmm. So we decided that we would plan this music festival, which we thought would be a one-time thing that, um, you know, it makes us smile just thinking back to the naive that, you know, I really thought we'd do it one time. And um, it was so fun to plan. And, you know, we had Dave's love of music and love of life and love of good times, all of that in mind as we planned this, as well as uh, the importance of giving back, which was was really, really important to Dave. Yeah. And so we planned this festival that we decided to call the Mad Love Music Festival, because that is how Dave and I would sign notes from each other to each other and to the kids. And so we called it the Mad Love Music Festival, nice. thinking that we would do it one time. <laughs> of course, that was not the case. I hate to put you on the spot, but what were some of the other songs on the CD? Hmm. Round and Round by Rat, 8675309. There was some Cinderella, some Poison. Mm. Might have been a little white snake on there. (laughs) That's very funny. So a very big part of the festival is the Dave Jodka Scholarship for Future Rockers. Why was that important to you? Well, it was important because, um, you know, at the time that we had the festival, we raised more money than I ever expected. And so South Shore Conservatory was so awesome in welcoming us with open arms. And I sat down with them post-festival and we started talking, having conversations about where we wanted this money to go, what we wanted the scholarship to look like. And... I remember Dave talking often about some of these basement bands and garage bands that were so important to him as a high school kid. Mm. And he would often say to me, you know, I just kind of wish we had a coach. I wish we had somebody that would help us with some of the other stuff. You know, I always giggle. Mm. I say he never mentioned that he needed help with the music, but he spoke of wishing that they just had like a mentor, had somebody that would kind of help lead them or guide them or teach them about gigging or songwriting or marketing Mm. or some of all those other really important things that are part of a band. And I just remember him, you know, talking about that a lot. And so when I sat down with South Shore Conservatory and they said, what do do you want to do with this? I said, this is what I want to do. And they were amazing. That's awesome. So for clarity, before Dave passed, you knew you were going to do a scholarship. You just didn't know what it would look like, or you did the scholarship. I, you know, you had the scholarship idea after. No, I had absolutely no idea. I mean, from the time Dave was diagnosed to the time he passed away, we were in like true survival mode and just really yeah. um, nurturing our babies and spending time with each other and with family and hanging on and, and loving and living and all that kind of stuff. You know, we we didn't talk a whole lot about, you know, what might happen if and when Dave passed yeah. away. And, you know, we knew that that was what was happening. And, and Dave's, you know, we had some really special, vulnerable conversations, just Dave and I, but all always about ourselves and our kids, never about anything else. So yeah. when we decided to host this festival that would then fund this scholarship, that was all post his passing. Okay. All right. 
Let's take a quick break here to ask if you like the podcast and having this community resource literally in your pocket, rate us and write a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. You can also share this episode with a friend, post it on social media, and join our email list that lets you know when new episodes drop. Each week, we have great giveaways. Our latest was 100 bucks to Hingham's Outdoor Store Intrinsic Provisions. Don't miss out. Sign up at thehinghamcast.com. Okay, let's meet one of the first kids to benefit from the Dave Jodka Scholarship for Future Rockers and the band's coach. The scholarship is offered to high school musicians on the South Shore who have to audition for a spot. The band they form is fully funded and gets coached on everything from singing and songwriting to booking gigs and marketing. Darcy Milligan, who's now in college, was in the first ever Mad Love band, Toast, in 2016, coached by Eric Calderon. Darcy Milligan and Eric Calderon, I want to bring you both into the conversation. Um, Darcy, how did you hear about the scholarship? Were you always a musically talented kid? Well, for context, I was in the eighth grade, I believe. And Mm -hmm. at that point, I was pretty inspired by music. Like that was kind of my outlet just because, you know, you're in middle school, you're the oddball, not many people listen to what you have to say. And so that was kind of the way for me to talk to people Mm -hmm. and at least to cope with feelings of my own. Yeah. And at that point in time, I was in a band. Um, It was called Top Right Corner. It was um, consisted of like three of my best friends at the time. And we played open mic nights. Nice. But it wasn't really going anywhere. We didn't really have many originals and we just played covers and we all really were deciding between playing sports and playing music Mm. because, you know, you can only really have one commitment. So my mom, one day I came home from school and she was on Facebook and she turned to me and smiled and she was like, are you interested in taking music where you like other everyone else is taking sports? And I was like, Yeah, I'd love to. And I didn't know what I was walking into. Yeah. And I got an email from Eric saying, hey, come on in. I'm calling you back. I want to hear you play. I was like, okay. So I'm going to pause you there because I want to bring Eric in too. So Eric, I think it's it's really telling that your, your title wasn't manager or producer, even professor. It was coach. Why? Yeah, uh, because it's a, yeah, that's a really good question. There's no better term for it. I don't even think coach is a good term. I, personally, I I think it's like spirit guide. <laughs> like, but that, you know, that, 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 that really wouldn't fly. <laughs> People would ask a lot of questions. And this coach was just like, I don't know, not teacher, not mentor, not friend. But like, it's like, so yeah, I guess spirit guide is what I'd go for. But um I hope that answers your question. <laughs> it did. It did. You know, I think one very cool aspect of the scholarship is that it's obviously a scholarship, so it's free and you have access to this great Rolodex of people and training and, you know, gear and all of that. And, you know, formal music training can be out of reach for a lot of kids, not just the music aspect, but like Kathleen was talking about, the promotion, the marketing. It must have been incredibly challenging to figure out what kids you were going to bring on to the team. Like, how, how how challenging was that? You you really hit the nail on the head there, Allie. That is the single most important thing when trying to start a band or start a successful rock band program. It has nothing to do mm. with the instruments in the band, and it has nothing to do with 
well, it has a tiny bit, but really a marginal amount to do with the talent. And to get the right kids in the room together was the most important thing to me because you cannot start a rock band and have it live for four plus years without the chemistry of the students being just right. It, it's like cooking though. You have to really like, you got a taste and you got to add a little of this, add a little of that. And it's like, oh my God, there it is. It's perfect. And so I actually wanted to share a tiny uh, snippet of Darcy's recommendation that I wrote um, for him for college. Mm. There's a calm yet undeniable gravity surrounding Darcy's desire to express, feel, and communicate through music. And that to me, so that end quote, but that to me was like, that's who, that's mad love. That's who we want in this band. That's who's mm-hmm. going to create a rock band scene on the South shore. I was looking for five of those kids. What was that first meeting like that first practice or whatever it was? Well, I actually don't remember that specific first meeting. Mm. I'm always just trying to feel what the energy is of those students in the room because like like I said, you kind of know that these kids are going to get along. Mm. You have this hunch that they're going to be best friends, but you don't know. And so you get them in the room and you, you more or less just observe their dynamic. Mm. You watch it evolve. And I bet it was really awkward. Honestly, I bet they were all like, who is this? Like, oh, they're probably <laughs> better than me and that matters. And like, I'm not actually, you know, all their insecurities are playing in their heads and I'm just trying to let them let all that go and start to enjoy this this trip that's about to happen. But if I had to guess, it was probably just mighty awkward. Hmm. <laughs> Darcy? I remember. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> um, I showed up and the first thing I noticed was that other than Rose, who is the bassist, um, everyone was taller than me and better than me. <laughs> and so I didn't really know what to do and um i remember we were learning ramble on but i just remember being so shaky and scared and Mm. not really feeling like i knew what i was doing um but i learned it um which was a really great feeling Let's head to break with another song written and performed by Toast. This one's called Goodbye. Before we head back to the conversation, I want to thank our media partner, The Hingham Anchor. To put faces to these voices and get details for the Mad Love Music Festival, head to HinghamAnchor.com. Okay, let's get back to Eric and Darcy. By all accounts, the band was much more than an after-school activity, or even a band, really. It helped Darcy build the foundation to eventually welcome and accept their authentic self. You know, I mean, being a teenager by any measure is brutal. You know, you're trying to figure out who you are, who your friends are, what kind of person you want to be. So what was that time for you personally? You had a lot going on. Yeah. um, 
personally, like mentally, I was very lost. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I just, I didn't know who I was. And um, at that point, I still loved sports. Um, I was in a friend group with all straight girls. At that stage, you identified as a girl? I did. And I identified um, as bisexual towards the end of middle school. Mm. But I just, I never felt like I fit in. And so going into Toast, I was like, wow, these people are better than me. They understand rock more than I do. Um, so I don't really understand why I'm here. Mm. Um, but, you know, over time, obviously, that that changed. And I felt more than at home with Toast. Like, like the first year that I was there, that was very much my home, which was wonderful. Yeah. I'm wondering if that sense of belonging and love and caring brought you more security as you went through your journey to identify as trans? Yeah. Um, I mean, I came out as male last year, so it was outside of um, mm -hmm. being in the scholarship, but I came out as probably around eight to 10 different labels throughout my high mm -hmm. school experience. Mm -hmm. And feeling like you belong somewhere and people love you, like that really sets the tone for like confidence in feeling loved and that regardless of who I am, that I will still have someone. And I did, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I read a quote from you. It was from a couple of years ago. And you were talking about Mad Love and you say, they changed me into a way better person than I ever was. Why do you say that? They really taught me how to love people and to accept love. Mm. Going into toast practice on Thursday nights, that would be the time where people would listen and we would share in something that we we all loved. Mm. And then at Mad Love, um, I would just like be bombarded by people who would see me on stage and be like, you were so good. And I learned how to accept compliments and to mm. think well of myself, which I didn't really. Overall, it just taught me how to be more confident and mm -hmm. over time, and I don't know if I've actually told Eric this, but he's always been an incredible role model as to how to be a good man in this world. Because, you know, nowadays it's becoming a lot more talked about that a lot of men aren't. And when you're transitioning socially, especially, into a more masculine figure, you know, because it's really hard to become someone good when all of these stereotypes are kind of expected of you. Mm -hmm. um, and he was just an amazing person to look at and go, okay, I know how to be a good person because he's in my life. Mm. Wow. Eric, what is that for you to hear that? That is, that's what you want to do as a teacher or a spirit guide, wherever the heck I am, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> we should be in the business of that, like getting kids to love each other, accept love, be themselves, and be role models for that experience. And to hear that, I did that even for one person, especially one person who I respect as much as Darcy. Um, yeah, that that makes me feel good about my, my teaching career. It really does. <laughs> Thank you. That's awesome. Kathleen, when you hear what Mad Love gave to 
Eric and gave to Darcy and I'm sure the other kids. What does that do for you? Uh, that's such a hard question to answer. Um, Mad Love has been an incredible gift. It makes me emotional. Um, it's everything Dave would want it to be. Mm. And Dave would be so crazy proud of all these kids, just as I am. And as Eric just talked about this energy and this presence surrounding Darcy, I completely echo Eric's thoughts and would also expand that to the rest of the students and to the band itself. One of the most important things to me is that I recognize that they recognize that this band is unlike any other band that they've played in in their lives. Mm. There's just something different about Mad Love. And I believe it's because these kids at a young age recognize that they're playing for something that's bigger than themselves. And mm. they understand what it's about. And they understand that, you know, this is is carrying on a legacy, that this is possible because of somebody else's ultimate sacrifice. Mm. Um, and for that, I am eternally grateful. Nice. So, you know, going through the pictures of the festival and everyone looks so happy. What has this done for you, for your kids to celebrate Dave in this very joyful community way? If he could see this all, what would he say? He would be right in the middle of all of it, <laughs> <laughs> laughing and dancing and hugging and introducing other people and scooping up his kids. And it would be just a, a dream come true for him. Mm. And there is an energy that's there that I've always said that's sort of impossible to describe unless you've experienced it yourself is just a, a true celebration of life and friendship and community and um, that powerful reminder idea that music is brings us all together. Yeah. And what do you think it gives to your kids? Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, that, the hype at our house right now, it's crazy. It's like way bigger <laughs> than Christmas. <laughs> uh, it, it's like I said, it is this gift. It's this incredible, incredible, incredible way that, that they stay connected to their dad and to the things that he loved. And they're able to sort of imagine him on that stage in that student band doing the same thing that Darcy and all the other members mm -hmm. of Toast and Overnight are doing. And I think they can kind of start to kind of experience and create their own sort of story of who he was and what he loved and what was important to him. And so it's, it's unbelievable gift. Nice. Tell people what to expect this year. Oh, we're super psyched for this year. Uh, last year, obviously was a little bit different. And so we're just really thrilled to be back live in person. The lineup is amazing. Who are some of the bands? Dalton and the Sheriffs will headline for us. And we have other bands that we've um, always kind of had on our wish list in the past. Los Elk, um, Gracie Grace, and all the good boys. Uh, these Wild Plains, who have played with us before. Aldous Collins, who is a fan favorite. His band plays every year. And then, of course, um, Overnight, who is the new Mad Love Band, and they'll be debuting this year. So we're super proud and super stoked mm. to hear them. That's awesome. And everybody else. And besides that, there's going to be great food, and uh, Mad Love's partnered with Untold Brewery, mm -hmm. so there'll be a Mad Love IPA, and um, new this year, a Mad Love Seltzer from Barrel House Z. Oh, cool. Are there still tickets? Uh, yes, there are. Awesome. 
Kathleen Jodka, I thank you so much. Thank you so, so much for having us. Eric, thanks for being here. Uh, Thanks, Allie. Darcy, it was terrific to have you. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you so much. And we'll see you this weekend. Sounds great. Mad love. For more information and tickets to Mad Love, log on to their website, madlovemusicfestival.org. I want to thank my talented and thoughtful podcasting partner, the beautiful and kind Kristen Keith. Our intern, Cam Baker, is heading to an exciting new post in his career, so congrats, Cam. Our website was designed by Donna Mavramatis and her team at Mavro Creative. And of course, to you, our listeners. Thank you. I'm Allie Donnelly. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.